I do have one question, which I'm, I'm not quite sure I'm going to get this quite right, but it's about what is the intellectual property in a PhD worth and is it protected while you're applying? I have a few ideas on the potential answer to that question, but perhaps we should ask Ned for his thoughts on the intellectual property of a PhD. I think you're asking exactly the wrong person. In that. <laughs> uh, my thesis may uh, one day soon get turned into a book. So um, clearly um, uh, the, 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 the copyright in it or, or whatever, as you will, is, uh, is all um, clearly protected. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think there are any issues of that sort. If, if, um, if you have this idea for a topic and, and, and you're concerned that someone might steal it, well, well clearly the, the university and the academics will guard that very carefully and um, they don't have anyone else's interests at heart except your own. Thanks, Ned. I think that was the ideal answer. Spot on, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. So a few other uh, questions. I wonder where this could be coming from. I'm a marketing professional and I'd like to skill up. Would the Master of Legal Studies be uh, the degree for, for me? Might be yeah. for Craig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, let me... Um, so, so the MLS um, is, uh, is, is a pretty cool degree that that you know sort of people uh they don't need to have uh an undergraduate legal degree to to do the masters in legal studies now so the um there is there are some courses that they do which are formational in terms of their um their legal abilities but they will be graduates um, and good graduates from different disciplines so uh, we have um engineers and um and architects and uh and People with uh, you know just different skill base, but you know they're obviously bright, clever people, and they they go on and 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 want to have um, a particular um, you know sort of exposure to some relevant legal um, subjects. So you may have noticed, like for instance, in um, uh, in the um, in the in that sort of hurricane visit around the world of of legal. Um, subjects that uh, one of them was um, uh, you know global uh, global contract uh, law and um, you know it, it, it's not trying to make um, uh, practicing lawyers and indeed that's not a possibility um, out of uh, an engineer but it's designed that they are designed to to build on the skill base their existing skill base and to supplement it with um, some uh, some uh, some detailed knowledge and um, some general knowledge of um, of legal principles and and um, so that so it would be very valuable I think um, to people to um, to, to you know, it's a horrible expression but to bolt on to um, their existing skill set and and to add um, those particular skills we know that law is like kind of the um, you know the 21st century's arts degree, if that's the right way to describe it, in the sense that it has this phenomenal ability to be um, used and available for use and, you know, all sort. you think of all, um, not that I hold them up as particularly um, 
helpful members of society, but all our politicians who have you know legal degrees and and all of the uh, the people in local government and 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 all all around. Um, it's just such a useful and and helpful um, set of skills. Not 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 just the actual law itself, but in fact the way in which uh, the legal mind thinks and operates. Um, so it's a hugely hugely valuable. So better not, not ask me any more questions, Penny. No, I'll just, no, you know. well, we'll pose them to everyone else in the, in the future. But um, just a, a competing interpretation of the original question by my, my esteemed panellists here. It's not surprising we've got a bit of statutory construction going on here. So what if the question is really about, I want to do a PhD in intellectual property? Does it come under the commercial law specialisation? Um, now, Craig, that could be one for you, I think, but I think the answer would be the, the PhD is a university degree and it doesn't really come under any specialisation. Um, no, no, that's right, Penny. I mean, it actually depends probably. This is where there might be a difference between um, the base undergraduate degree. So uh, we, would, we would do uh, all of the PhDs where the undergraduate degree is a legal degree. Um, commercial law um, would do the PhDs where the undergraduate degree is non-legal. So they will have gone uh, through and they will have um, probably, they will either have um, uh, uh, a Bachelor of Commerce with honours or, um, or, or a, a Master of Commerce or, um, you know, a Master of Arts or if they're if they're specialising, I, I can, I, I sort of see it in the tax field because um, um, uh, I'm in one of one of my PhD um, uh, students uh, uh, came and and qualified through his um, through his uh, BCom honours and direct entry into a PhD, and he did a wonderful job, and um, so. And he's now in practice. So, so that that's the answer. I think you know you can. So the question is back to that person: is um, what's their undergraduate degree? Right. So it's more questions coming in, which is uh, great. But I'm uh, I'm going to open up it a little bit more here. Um, so a question from Cameron Walker: Do you have some tips for narrowing a topic into a PhD proposal? And from, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Shweli, uh, if I have any questions specifically on the PhD course, who should I consult after uh, the seminar? So the first one, um, I, I'll open up to, uh, to the floor, perhaps Ned, if you want to start on that, narrowing down a PhD topic. Um, it, it, um, well, I think that's where um, f finding your supervisors and and um, discussing it with them uh, and and narrowing it that way. Uh, but also, I think you probably don't need to be too worried about it as a um, uh, a wide topic to begin with can be narrowed, especially in that first year of um, study where you're really walk, working towards a, a refinement uh, of the topic. So I think you can spend too long trying to come up with the perfect proposal. In some ways, it's better to just get a proposal in and get started um, uh, and, um, and, and just work with your supervisors on it. Right. Uh, thank you. Um, and, and the question about uh, asking further questions in the chat function, 
um, our events coordinator has helpfully put the link to the postgraduate study advisors. For the PhD in particular, uh, we might direct you to Associate Professor Nicole Rowan, who um, is one of our uh, PhD uh, conveners, and she'd be absolutely delighted to hear from people who are interested in studying uh, a PhD. Uh, so we've got a few more questions rolling in here. Why can't I open the Q&A function there? Why Was that one of the questions? <laughs> yes, why can't I open my Q&A? Um, <laughs> no, back to this uh, one question about um, the PhD and the IP. Uh, so our, our questioner, Shrishti, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, my degree is from India, bachelor's in law, and I have a master's uh, in intellectual uh, property. So Craig, I don't know if you want to make further comments on that particular question, now that we know the background of the questioner. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would, I, uh, that, that's, that's a little more complicated and probably is a little, a little individual, but um, I suspect uh, you should definitely, um, you should definitely talk to uh to to us um to to nicole as uh, as penny said or uh or another person uh, to contact who would also be very helpful on this is saranjika herself um uh so uh, you please feel very very welcome to do that um we have actually had um and a, you know it's kind of really lovely but there is actually quite a significant growth in the PhD program. And so um, uh, uh, so on Monday, for instance, uh, was exactly as I think Ned described it, you know, there were literally a dozen uh, people in the cohort having the meeting um, and talking about, um, about their, uh, you know, about their, uh, their, their plans, their research. And, and it's, um, so it's really, it, it's really, uh, it's an exciting time to be part of that group they're, and they're a great the really great bunch from all around the world um, um, it's fantastic so another question and perhaps this can be for um, our, our panelists who've done the LLM and who've been in practice is it advisable to get some uh, experience in practice before coming back to postgraduate study so anyone who wants to tackle that one Aroha do you have some views on that or Asilika or Tim it depends, really. I mean, I still found it really worthwhile, but maybe, look, if I, because I do family law now, if I had gone back and done postgrad, I'd probably go more through that avenue and explore procedure and family law and things like that. Um, you might want to get your employer to pay for your postgraduate studies. It could also be another bonus, but um, it depends really what you want to do. If you're wanting to get some further learning on an area that you like at the moment, go for it. Um, if you want to have a pause and wait to see where it takes you in your career, you can still always go back as well. Um, no option is a bad option, really. Do whatever you want. But do postgrad. I really suggest do postgrad. I, I think I saw some benefit out of having spent a couple of years um, in, in the real world, as it were, before I got into postgraduate study. Um, having that practicing time behind me meant that I had a better understanding of what people were looking for and, and having, because uh, my master's had a bit of a criminal bent to it, having the experience of dealing with clients and knowing how they're viewing things um, shapes your perspective on the cases that you're looking at and the examples you're looking at, I think, because you've got a better understanding of the characters in them and why they're doing things the way they are. Uh, and there's a lot of things I think I would have missed if I had started straight out with the project that I was doing 
without having that time in practice. That might be specific to what I was looking at, but certainly for myself, I saw some benefit from the time I'd spent in practice uh, to deepening my understanding of what I was researching. Perhaps a Silica, last word, and then we might actually, we're running very low on time, hand, hand back to Craig. Asilika, did you have any last thoughts on that? Uh, with the Masters of Taxation Studies, I would say, yes, it did help having that background before, you know, coming in um, doing those papers. It uh, helped, like, get a more in-depth understanding and also with interpretation and research in that area as well. But prior to that, with my Masters in Law, it was more about me learning about other you know, learning about other things in other areas that would probably help broaden my experience as well as help me to get jobs in other areas. It was, I, I actually refused to take on any tax papers when I was doing my master's in law. But after going back to work and after being, you know, working in that area for two years, I thought, no, it's time to actually go out and learn a bit more about tax, which is why I took on my master's in taxation papers. But yeah, it, it, it's of great assistance to, to either be working in that area and then coming out and expanding, you know, your knowledge and trying to learn a bit more about certain specialist papers. Um, yeah, but postgraduate studies is, is the way to go. And I actually recommend everyone that's actually looking into doing it to go ahead and enroll in postgraduate studies. Great, thank you. So I'm going to uh, hand over to Craig at this point in time to, to wrap up for us. Well, well, thank you, um, and thank you for everyone for for coming. What, what just on that very last point, I I would say, um, you know, look, we we are all on um, on journeys, and sometimes there is a huge advantage in having practice before you uh, before you go into postgraduate, and sometimes actually the the circumstances are not, uh, you know, it's just not that easy, and um, I know I know we're actually in one of those difficult times now, so. Um, uh, so, speaking of which, actually, before I thank um, everyone for their involvement, um, there is another seminar tomorrow, and um, you, you, you know, please come uh, if you can if you can do this. It's between four and five. Um, it's on the future of law uh, post COVID nineteen. Um, so it's an examination by um, a leading economist, um, a managing partner of one of the big firms. Um, and um, a leading uh, commercial um, um, in-house solicitor um, of the, the changes that they've experienced as a result of um, their practice. Uh, and, and it's really sort of just forward looking and thinking about, you know, what are, what, are the, uh, what are the opportunities? And maybe coming out of that might be some ideas as to, well, Actually, what what are the areas that I should be looking at? What you know, what areas of practice are the ones that would be um, um, of likely to be highly uh, desirable in in terms of um, of gainful employment and 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 skill base? Um, can I say thank you? I've, look, I've had, I had an absolute um, blast. Um, that's a very old-fashioned term, I know, but it means I've had a lot of fun um, <laughs> uh, with. Um, with all these wonderful people um, who have just uh, amazing stories and um, and thank you so very much uh, for giving up your time. You are still making a huge contribution to your alma mater um, and we very much appreciate it. And I, I just hope um, that um, 
that the that you inspire uh, you know sort of future generations of students to carry on um, and become the sort of people like you guys are thank you and you're you're an absolute credit to, to your teachers and uh, and to yourselves so um, thank you very much and thank you very much penny for, for hosting it too <laughs>